0: Talking industry, topical debate from the world of engineering, automation, and manufacturing. A DFA Manufacturing Media production. Brought to you by
1: KUKA. Cool
0: Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Andy Pye. Uh, I'm consulting editor at uh, DFA Manufacturing Media which publishes a range of publications uh, in print and online around manufacturing and automation. Uh, A very warm welcome to this afternoon session of Talking Industry, sponsored by KUKA, and it's going to cover the advantages of robot welding in industrial applications. Um, We have an expert panel of five speakers who will deliver their experience, opinions, and information on how robots are shaping the future of the welding industry, uh, whilst we recognise that there is uh, an increasing skills shortage problem and an absence of welders with competent skills to meet the demands of industry. Um, So welcome to this. Um, We're going to discuss um, increasing working envelopes in welding, Um, Using devices like positioners and linear tracks, standard cellular welding, uh, training of welders, um, the latest research and technology developments that are specific to welding and end of arm tooling and robot hardware as well. And specifically, we want to emphasize the role of automated robotics in, in, in additive manufacturing, which I once knew as 3D printing and how to manage those skill shortages and upskill the existing workforce. So we'll have periods of discussion on on those two in particular. What what I'm now going to do is introduce our speakers briefly in in reverse order. Um, So uh, Robert Shaw from TWI he's a project leader. He'll be talking on introducing intelligence into the automated welding process, then uh, before him, we'll have Neil Woodward, who's Chief Operating Officer of WAM3D. And he, he will focus on additive manufacturing um, and the one 3 d ARC-based additive manufacturing system. So that sounds a very interesting presentation. Before him, we'll have Alan Kalki who's Managing Director of EWM High Tech Welding. Uh, and he'll look at digital approaches in innovative welding. Uh, Second in in line will be Kevin Kolkia, who's Area Safety Manager, ARC and Laser Welding at KUKA, and he's going to present on tracking the major shifts in robotic welding over the last 25 years, and uh, looking particularly at the emerging and disruptive technologies that are coming through. Um, But to start with, we have... Redmond McDonnell, who's Chief Executive Officer of Design Pro Automation, and he's going to give us an overview of the features and business benefits of automated robot welding. Over to you Redmond Thanks
2: Andy, and nice to meet everyone um, so So what design Pro do is we're, we're a systems integrator we, we design um, we program and we install um, robotic welding cells for our customers. The benefits of robotic welding cells are um, wide and, and vast. Obviously, the, you have more consistent, higher quality wells, um, greater productivity, yields and um, throughput. And that really enables some of our customers to be able to understand what their output is in their manufacturing um, when they are quoting for new work, when they are under um, strain with existing work, um, and really have some understand their business a bit more. the, it reduces the post weld um, cleanup as well um, on the quality side because there is much less um, spattering and less um, weld wire used through efficiencies. Um, really of all, all of these leads to do is it, it tackles the, um, the dirt of skilled labor um, for welders in the, um, in the marketplace at the moment. You hear anecdotally of both the lack of welders that it's not a modern a more modern industry that that the, the younger um the younger individuals and, and skill sets out there are going into other going through other paths because of um you know concerns around around health and safety um but also um then what, what's left can command a higher cost so you do hear um more unusual and higher um salary basis for welder that may not have been the norm in the past so Really, um, the market has been pushed towards um, automation and robotic to overcome quite a quite quite a lot of those of, of those issues. And for that to be the case, um, the, the the welders currently existing in the market need to create more output by running a number of um, of, of of existing cells on ties So you're getting more bang for your buck. Um, yeah, Andy. Yeah, I suppose I'm just kind of any any questions for me.
0: I suppose the interesting question is, is where have these skill shortages arisen? And, you know, are we going to see fewer people employed in welding or or will there be um, uh, just different skills, but the same number of people? How, how do you see that playing out?
2: Well, where they're coming from is that, that certainly my understanding from speaking to customers on the ground is there is... Um, far less welders going through the trade. Now, now those on this, on this um, call on, on the trade may know more about on the ground level th- than I would. But it's really about increasing the, the, the output per, per person. And the way to do that is you can have, you know, one skilled welder run, um, you know, numerous different cells or you can have uh, somebody who may not have a, a welder skill set run a cell for more um, routine operations and in a skilled welder may take on the more bespoke work or oversee operations. So there's numerous different ways we see our customers operated on the floor, but really it's it's it, it's a numbers game and um, to get the output um, robotic welding is, is is the future.
0: Well, thank you. I um, really- yeah, I, I mean, what, what can we do with automated Robot welding that we couldn't do before. In in simple terms, I mean that's I suppose that's part of um, assessing business benefits. And we'll come on to Kevin in a moment, and he can uh, he can give us the benefit of his uh, his long experience in covering that.
2: Well, where you see the market going is you, before robotic welding was, in 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 my understanding, historically, in focused on the automotive industry for the large players in that industry. You see a, a larger movement towards SMEs um moving into this space now because again, the skills shortage being the main the main reason why. And also the ROI um on, on sales is now more justifiable because the price of, of welders in the market has has risen. So um really the, the there's more
0: need for for, for, for for this um for this technology, you know. Okay, I think what I'll do um, is is ask Kevin to trace the uh, developments in robotic welding over 25 years and um, once that's happened we'll open everything up to a a panel discussion on the subject and get everybody else's um, experiences as well so so over to you Kevin.
3: Oh, thank you Andy yeah it's a really pleasure to have everybody here today Uh, just. Really, we wanted to talk about the shift and the dynamics of robotics across the, the the time phase since they've been introduced to, you know, where they are today. And one of the most common things that I get asked is when I go to a lot of the the newer sites of of um, applications today, is that it comes up with the skills and and the skills of, of past and and my age and older were. You know, we're we've been hands-on for so many years, and we find that the newer um, uh, and younger students that are coming through, uh, they're they're really good at using the computers and a lot of the technology. And robotics really fits well with them. And they may not want the hands-on as much as what maybe we liked there, or 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 kind of driven down that route in past. And I'm also finding that the um, Uh, The the skill sets of of this new generation coming through fit really, really well with a lot of the technology that KUKA has uh, because we have offline programming that makes it quite quite attractive for them. We've also got uh, uh, the upskilling where we've got people who've been welding for maybe 40 years can actually use some of our technology and use a hand-guided pilot, it's called Ready to Pilot, for example, and move the robots around in all the different positions and, and track the waypoints in the smart pad of the KUKA. And we've, we have all this little technology now that we can uh, really utilize uh, through different ways of, of manufacturing. So it's much easier to implement a robot now than it was maybe 20 years ago uh, because we have all this apps and technology and. And for example, the the EWM uh, power sources are easily adaptable into the KUKA pendant. You can actually just press a button for the different types. It's auto-uploaded into the software and easier for people uh, to to adapt different types of belt welding power sources today. Yeah, it's a very interesting segment because we see so many different people uh, across the sectors in different, uh, have different expertise, uh, different levels and views of what welding is for them. And uh, yeah, it, it's really it intrigues me a lot. <laughs> so um,
0: you've mentioned how youngsters, um, you know, could, can fit very nicely into what's needed to become an, a, a welder in the 21st century, if you like. Um Are they aware of it? Do they get the message sufficiently? Are we doing enough on education? I know there's um, a lot of you are very passionate about this, and I'll bring you in in a moment. But um, what's your kind of perception of it, um, uh, Kevin?
3: Yeah, at KUKA, we're trying to adapt to it uh, internally, in-house, in a big way where we have an apprenticeship program. Uh, We're very uh, keen on that and a lot of different places I visit as well. It could be even anything from fab shops to the high-end automotive places where the manufacturing and and money is is considerably more. Um, It seems to be a growing um, interest in many companies to adapt to education overall. And I find that the um, ways of... Um, The industry have changed, especially in the last 10 years, and more and more increasingly, uh, since the uh, the B word Brexit has happened here in the UK. uh, It's been a lot more inquiries and people are saying you know we're ready for this now, and it's really exciting because we didn't need it even before Brexit or any of the other technologies just to secure the work here in the UK.
0: Yeah, I mean the um the, the, the reputation of automation in general of the UK is is quite disappointing, isn't it? So so you're saying that you are seeing some positive development now and more inquiries, more activity in um in, in automation in general and robotics in particular.
3: Yes, and we actually find that uh, um the increased uh, awareness of, of the end users are saying no, we want training, and KUKA has a professional training school. Uh, we we uh, really enforce uh, that, trying to reinforce that with our end users so that they can uh, get proper training. They're KUKA certified when they're done, and um, they can take this across different applications, from welding to pick and place, all the way through to offline programming. The skill set. Uh, coming in can be very, very, very basic. And then when you leave, you have a very high and qualified knowledge of, of using the KUKA products. So that is probably one of the key hinge pins uh, with our different technologies is that you can come in knowing not a lot and come leaving knowing quite a bit. How long do the sessions take? Uh, the sessions are typical days, uh, one week, five days uh, for a basic course. And then we have other uh, types of courses that are very, very specific um, to uh, could be electrical, the mechanical repair and and then high end level programming.
0: And, and are there particular sectors where um, where you're seeing more interest than others? And can you?
3: Uh, yeah analyze why that would be a lot more in the aerospace definitely and um, maybe the nuclear decommissioning and we've also got uh, uh, a lot of a lot of interest where people are coming back in and and looking now at the additive topics and I'm not going to steal that show from Neil and Robert (laughs)
0: yes we'll we'll come on to that uh, later on that sounds really exciting Alan, I know you're a very passionate man about, um, about the skills shortage and the need for training. So um, let's get your perspective on, on uh, how you see this position at the moment. This Talking Industry episode is brought to you by... Cool Car.
4: Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. And yes, thanks for inviting me onto here. Um, yes, to follow on from the last two speakers regarding uh the importance of of encouraging young people into the industry yeah from from my own background many years ago uh i was then a very young welder in the game and uh, and you, you don't see the numbers coming through now and it's it's the i think it's the perception of the trade or of the industry as not being attractive to the you know the, the current generation it's it, it's um perceived as as, as a you know, uh, very much labour-intensive, um, dirty job where you know something in front of a, a computer, programming or, or something like that, can be you know a lot more attractive. And you know, IT consultants and uh, as Kevin said, you know, our the younger generation are, are much more um, uh, able with you know with computers in front of them. I, you know I asked my my daughter to help me around my iPhone, etc., and uh, she's fourteen. You know, so. It's how how we uh, how we um, encourage them back in, you know, and, and there's various various means and you know linking with with um, automation and robotics as a to me should be you know part of um, training for, for in general for welders that welding has moved on from being so much you know learn 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 the processes manual metal arc, mig, MAG, and tig, because the standard processes now in in as our company EWM we we we've made the technology and the software and the processes m- more intelligent. It's no disrespect to the welders. It's the fact that it's had to be done because you can't get enough skilled personnel, and you have to take put more of the skill in the um in the machine to make it you know an operation to um, to instruct it how to give you the, the result. And and how, how do we get more more people in? Uh, I guess introducing what you'll see behind me here is is um, augmented reality just to introduce that's two images behind of virtual welding processes which we could go into into schools and colleges and let people at a much younger age have a look at you know the interest of welding and see it as a as a potential career and, and, and describing it as you know programming of, of robots of software. Of quality management, and you know how it can be much more than just you know putting on a welding screen and, and sticking two pieces of metal together, as you know how some people who are who don't know about our industry would perceive it. You know, uh, I, I gave a talk recently at a, um, a TWI dinner on the subject, uh, and one of the things I, I try to challenge people with is that as a, as an industry and the advantages and how you can make a career in this industry. Uh, people aren't aware of it and, and it's like what, what I said is, is you can't be what you can't see if people don't know about the industry and about where it can take you then they're not going to be um choosing that as a as, as a career path so I think that people who've got potential influence in the industry um, should try and at least once or twice a year go and make a presentation introduce the advantages of of this industry and, and where it's come in the last you know 20, 30 years and, and make people more aware when, when people are making choices at school, whether they choose engineering or, 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 you know, I read so many places where there's more, there's more 13 to 14 year olds see a career as a, a as a YouTube influencer than, than actual being an engineer or another kind of, um, you know, career. Uh, so this is what, you know, where, and I see that, you know, working with, with, with partners, with, you uh, for example, and we work with, with WAM 3D, there's, there's a lot more to welding than, than just what it was when I was a, a, a 15 year old ready to leave school uh, and choose something. So, and, and I, <clears throat> one of the points Kevin was making there about robotics, and I think uh, Redmond also is the EWM, we, we make <clears throat> power sources, mainly manual welding, but we also make for autom- automation and uh, I've seen more inquiries come come through us in the UK for automation, uh, robotics and mechanization in the last two years and I have in the previous ten combined. and it's it's the employers now and fabrication um, workshops are, are seeing uh, how how viable it is to to move to automation. It, it's not what it was that it was kind of pie in the sky. it's far too so expensive and and you know when you're throwing a welder on, 40, 50 K a year, you know, investing, you know, three or four times that in a robot, it does have a payback of a lot shorter period now than what they thought, but you still need, you know, it's really important to have the experience and expertise from, you know, from um, trained welders, and we must keep encouraging them into the industry.
0: Lovely, Um, we're getting some questions coming in, but before we tackle those, I'm uh, I'm curious just to ask our other panelists what their views are. Um, I'm I'm going to start with Robert actually. Um, Ro- Robert um, doesn't know this, but we both uh, we both spent we both did time at the uh, University of Cambridge Metallurgy and Materials Science Department. Um, when when I was there, it was in Pembroke Street, but I suspect that when you were there, it was probably on the Cavendish site because uh, things have things had moved on. I did do my physics at the Cavendish site, but it was really more of a building site then. Um, I, I wonder, what what was it that inspired you to take a career in manufacturing and specifically in in welding technology?
5: Well, to answer with you, I fell into it, as a lot of people sometimes do. So I was, as you say, a Cambridge boy, um, did all the various sciences and had metallurgy as one of my th- options, essentially. And at the time, I needed a job. And while I was in Cambridge with as a metallurgist, I? is more or less anything really out there as a, should we say, a, a metals person. So mine was purely accidental in that I was in a location where mostly biopharm or drug-based generally. I had a degree in metallurgy. I went to one place that did metallurgy. So that kind of fell through. Uh, it was so it wasn't,
0: it, yeah. So it wasn't something that inspired you as a youngster or anything like that, which I, I guess it would be nice if if we had more sort of opportunities to inspire youngsters and did it a little better.
5: No, I mean, the, the trouble is, of course, I picked up metallurgy sort of by accident as well, really. that you, you, At your school, you have, you have physics, chemistry and biology, and those are your three sciences generally. For welding, we live in a slightly weird world between at least two of them, not generally biology, certainly, but between chemistry and physics. We have that sort of metallurgy section, and you don't really do a metallurgy GCC, should we say. It's a, it's a little bit of physics or a bit of chemistry, maybe. So there's no immediate way of saying, right, I want to be a metallurgist from the start. You have to sort of either fall into it or know someone in one of the two, physics and chemistry that kind of pushed you towards a side of things. So I think there's probably generally a, an issue with sort of manufacturing is that nowadays, certainly there's no, should we say, like you said, the trades, you, you'd learn welding from friends of the family or similar, where you had a lot more people in the industry. That doesn't happen now. So people either fall into it or need almost picking up from technical colleges or similar. And I certainly was a very academic person who ended up with a slightly mucky job, to phrase um, some of our people in automation, mm. should we say. But, yeah, it, mine was luck, but it would be nice to have a more direct route for some of them. It doesn't think this will exist at the minute, I think. It's a problem.
0: Yeah. Neil, what, what's your sort of take on this uh, this issue of skill shortages? I know we're going to talk later about additive manufacturing, but, um, you know, looking more generally, where where, where do you see us?
1: Um <clears throat> well, I suppose for us, um, I mean, we're a three D printing company, effectively three D company, three uh, D printing with arcs, um, EWM, and robots, Kuka. Um, but for a lot of young people, then three D printing is quite um, an understandable concept; is very easily relatable. If you say three D printing, then they're straight on it. Um, whereas if you talk about welding, um, it's maybe a different mindset um, so yeah so so for us it's maybe an age uh, not not a certain age thing but a, a technology thing just I mean there's a lot there's a lot of 3d printing around so it's just massive market obviously yeah um we got, we've got a, a question actually it was directed at
0: alan but but um i'm i'm going to throw it wider um and it's about a, a 10-year experience gap um how, how much impact do you feel a lack of experience in the new generation of welders coming through has, and can that be compensated through training? Well, uh, Kevin's touched on it. Redmond, what, what would your view be on that? Well, for, for robotic welding, we actually give give
2: give training to our, our customers in Design Pro, and all the feedback we have is that there is a, a big difference between training a a manual welder and training a a robotic welder. Of course, you need to have the base welding experience, but you can get trained up very quickly on robotic welding. We do one week crash courses for customers. We do up to kind of an eight week program, and then you have your base level of knowledge. Really your experience after that is far less than 10 years to become a very proficient um, robotic welder. Actually, you're moving into the software software realm then when you're, you're starting to understand, well, how, how do I understand the simulation software? How do I program this for different recipes? Uh, working with your mechanical design team on jigs and fixtrings. So the, the the path and the speed of path, because of the strength of the simulation software out there, is is much, much quicker, where you can really pivot and program new recipes for new product um, extremely quickly. So listen, I, I suppose, you, you know, I, I'm actually an accountant by profession leading a robotics company, but everything we're hearing on the ground is that... Um, you know, a 10 year a um, that this person puts it, a 10 year path um would certainly be a lot
0: less in robotics. Excellent. And I guess you'd agree with that, Kevin?
3: Yes, sorry. It, <clears throat> it really makes a, a massive difference now. Uh, we have KUKA SIM, uh, for example, simulation software. We can actually drag and drop uh, different tools, PowerPoint or power tools of any sort, the welding torches. And now it gives power. For uh, people with definitely less less hands-on experience to be able to adapt very quickly and achieve uh, high output goals, just like Reven came to. Um, I also know that the Design Pro uh, training that they have over at their facility is is very very well regarded across the uh, the UK and in Ireland as well, because the um, the 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 amount of intensity that they have—you start off uh, just ha- having basic knowledge of welding and coming out being able to be a, basically a full robot uh, welding programmer—is really impressive.
0: Thank you, Alan. It, the, the question was actually originally aimed at you, so it would be remiss of me not to give you the opportunity to comment.
4: <laughs> yes, um, Andy, uh, you know, from the uh, yeah, the ten-year skills gap—I don't know if it's if it's ten years or more or less than that, but it certainly exists, you know. You have, you know, what you'd class as, as old school. Well, as that you still have some, some uh, even as old as me, still working in the trade manually, and uh, you know, not many coming through. And you know, to compensate that is is a lot of companies now, or uh, or actually, there's actually a local company to 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 where I live, it's actually a Yard where I serve my apprenticeship, uh, are actually offering to give people a job and train them, even if they're not a welder with a certain number of weeks training. And, and this is kind of different to the, um, you know, to the, the perception of the four-year apprenticeship, or I think even five years in the in the years before me apprenticeship, is um, companies are, are now wanting to train welders in, to do specifically the job that they'll be employed to do. You know, it might be to, to use only one process uh, and doing one, you know, task you could go going back to, um, you know, the full apprenticeship you learned, uh, three, you know, take MIG, MAG, and MMA, you learn all three processes. You might, you might only ever use one in your day to day work. I think that's where, uh, now that making uh, power sources and software and controls more user friendly. So for the training side, can that be compensated by training? I would say yes, you know, training in in the use of modern equipment, because now going back to, uh, you know, 30 years ago or more, it was purely in, you know, what was knowledge or experience or or what the what, what the welder uh, listened to to hear that everything was running correctly. Now, you know, you have more specific settings and, and control of quality in in the machine to make it much easier for, for repeatability. So, you know, a welder can effectively program a, a manual machine as well as he'd be programming a robot in, in to do the process you know selecting material selecting material thicknesses selecting joint types welding position through the software of the machine and making it easier to get the the correct um, result and to achieve what he wants to achieve I don't think we're going to go back to seeing thousands of, of, appre- of, of welding apprentices every year coming into the into the trade so I think we've had to adapt as such, uh, in order that we can, you know, we can still, you know, produce uh, in the fabrication industry as we are, you know, and obviously, uh, welding now is not just uh, joining material together, it's producing complete components in additive manufacturing and everything else. So it's moved on so much. So there's there's different ways to be trained, you wouldn't need to be uh, an apprentice trained welder for four years in manual metal arc. Welding to operate uh, a Kuka robot to produce a WAM 3D component for the aerospace industry. It's a totally different kind of training. I think it has to be uh, specific to the application in the industry.
1: I mean, certainly, certainly what we're looking to do is give um, planning software, which will give like robot toolpath tool path as well as parameters the um, simulation software so that you can check what you've already planned. Um, and then monitoring software, so that even while you're depositing or welding, you're checking every, per- every parameter that's been deposited. So, for, so from our point of view, we're trying to digitize as much of that as possible. And, and obviously, there's a level of skill and appreciation that's good um, if somebody's got something of an art welded background in terms of machine setup um, and operation. But it's not essential, really. We're trying to digitize that process Um, and automate that process so that there is as little um, adjustment required as possible. Um, And uh, no disrespect to welders, do you know what I mean? It's just, you don't have to be a manual welder to use a robot welding machine, do you? This
0: Talking Industry episode is brought to you by... Cool Car. Thank you for listening to Talking Industry. Stay tuned across all podcast apps, follow us on social, subscribe to our newsletters and keep
1: up to date at talkingindustry.org.